Hey everybody, this is the Praying Hands Emoji Podcast. Uh, there's three of us here. I'm Nato, a.k.a. Renato, a.k.a. Nato Escobar, a.k.a. Guaptimus Prime, a.k.a. The Groupon Don. Yeah, I rep Peru and Connecticut. Oh, it's me? This is, yeah, this is Q right here. Um, yeah. Um, I don't really have any nicknames. I don't have any, you know, <laughs> funny punchlines like Nato does, but yeah. Yeah, and I'm old. Out here. I'm, I'm old Drew Pod. Like that's, I don't know. There's at old, at, old Dapper at, Drew. At, at old Dapper Drew. Oh, um, you gotta fill the Twitter names in there? Is that yeah, I mean, we gotta do that later. Hashtag the Brown James team. Mm-hmm. But no, welcome uh, to the first, the inaugural show of the Praying Hands podcast. Um, uh, this is, I'm not really sure where this is gonna go. This is a Christian podcast, this is a Christian for the podcast. record. Um, I think that for all of us, it's gonna be a creative outlet, and we're just gonna let it ride. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll make something out of it. Before we like move forward from this, I think we're gonna just talk real quick about what each of us are trying to get out of this, and what we hope to like impart onto you. Um, I know that like this started out of like an intersection of love of hip hop, of all music, but like most particularly hip hop. But like you know, we're all politically very educated, and we think that like at least for me personally, I think hip hop is at the point where it speaks to things that are actually happening right then and there more so than any other music. And I think it's a perfect starting point to talk about, you know, talk about basketball, talk about politics, talk about whatever, you know? So, I mean, that's well, at least where I'm coming from right now, you know? What about you, Renata? Yeah, man. I mean, it's really just like my, it's, it's the culture I was, I've grown up in, you know, ever since I was little. Um, I learned to speak English through hip-hop and hip-hop fans, hip-hop communities. Um, so it's just always been a part of me in one way or another. And I like to talk. I like to crack jokes. So I'm out here. I don't know if I have a... Uh, this is Q, by the way. I don't know if I have a, uh, a reasoning or... I'm not really one of those guys that talks a lot, but I feel like I have a lot of thoughts and... I feel like a lot of people are curious as to what my voice sounds like on Twitter, or what I sound like outside of Twitter. Um, so I figured I'd share. Um, I have a lot of opinions, but you know, I feel like this is a good outlet for me to get all those opinions out, as well as you know, speak on matters um, that I feel like I'm well educated in, um, as well as is the interview, as you're gonna see with um, you know, Sauce Money and a few other people that we have lined up just learn different things about artists, musicians, um, people that I wouldn't have heard out or heard from anywhere else. So um, I feel like that's why we're all in, all doing this and hopefully it grows into something, you know, that we, we're proud of and you guys t- turn out listening to for, uh, for weeks and months and years going forward. Years. Hell yeah. Um- but we, we do a lot more than just like hip hop, right? I think it's great that hip hop is what brought us together to want to do this. But we uh, each of us is uh, active in lots of different um, lots of different work, lots of different uh, people that we engage with, lots of things we care about. Um, so this will be a lot more broad than just talking about hip hop. Yeah, I think that um, you know each like Renato was saying, each of us have you know, has a circle that we've you know done things in. Um, I know Renato's done a lot of great organizing work, um, which, by the way, we're, we're from Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to rep Connecticut because I think Connecticut, uh, you know, we've got this uh, this reputation of Fairfield County. You know, we've got Greenwich, New, New York's Canaan. country club. But, yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's a lot more to the people in Connecticut 
than you know may originally meet the eye. You know, like we are definitely not the polo wearing salmon pant. Maybe sometimes, but. <laughs> Most of the time, we're not those people. So we're, we're trying to give some more depth to, you know, what Connecticut's got to offer. I know Q, I know Q's is involved with a ton of stuff. Too many things. <laughs> um, and I promise you we're going to loosen up because we sound like robots right now. But, um, yeah, we're all working on so many different things. I'm trying to get a food market started in um, Hartford, Parkville. Um, I'm also working with the city of Hartford. We just got grant money. Um, to do concerts in, in Hartford. I'm just trying to find the perfect venue for it. Um, I've also started a creative agency with my roommates and we're working with local businesses to not only build businesses, but also create great campaigns around them. Um, we're also working to build a Hartford Fashion Week around um, mm -hmm. Hartford or in Connecticut. And um, we're looking to bring out brands like Sneak Technique, Sneak Technique, um, Street Etiquette, um, Madberry Club, different, you know, brands like that. Um, that'll kind of just bring a little bit of culture to Hartford. Um, so hopefully that goes well. I mean, it's one of those things that you never know until it actually happens and you see it see it happen. But um, we all have different tastes, and hopefully we'll be able to share that, you know, on this podcast. And uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, so like the, that's as far as the introduction we've got. Let's jump into, you know, some real things. Just okay. know from the you know, from what Q was saying that like we're always welcome and you know, we wanna hear from people in Connecticut. We're always you know, wanna show love to things that are going on here. You know, whether you're an artist, whether you know, you're starting a company, whether you're you're doing an event, like we'd always love to hear from you guys and uh we'll show love back. Um but you know, let's let's get this started and just talk about some real shit. Yeah. I was just thinking about like how <laughs> you could tell how much like social progress has been made in hip hop by how polite Drake was to Nicki Minaj. Like he was big up in her. Like ten years ago, Jay Z was talking about leaving condoms on Nas's baby seat, <laughs> and now Drake is like, you know, like she's a your, your girl's a boss bitch. I know that's I totally agree with that too because also like you know there was some level of emasculation, but there was no like direct pot shots and being like oh he's gay or anything you know and i feel like for a long time in hip-hop that was such a like stale thing that rappers would always go back to just like questioning like their sexuality and stuff like Drake didn't even he came at like his pride like his manhood in terms of like what he's yeah. accomplished and like who who he's around and incentives like that 
speaks, I mean, honestly, it speaks a lot to Nikki, right? I mean, yeah. It's, to me, it speaks more to Drake, though. I mean, just like, when we talk about, like, as far as artists, as, what it, as, as far as what Drake has already done in music, I don't feel like we talk enough about how calculated he is and how smart he is, as well as how vicious he can be. He has a lot of, I don't want to say, I feel like he has like a lot of pent up anger. Almost as Drake has known for years that he's never gotten the credit he deserved despite being a multi-platinum artist regardless, just as far as credibility wise. And then this whole thing happens and it's just like, all right, before you didn't even, I was too light skinned to be a hard rapper. I was too blah 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 to be you know the best rapper and now you're saying i don't even like write my rhymes anymore it's just like i feel like you're just fed up and that's the drake i like to hear i want to hear the drake that's like coming at dudes next yeah that's, a, that's and i mean that's what you hear on this record it's not even like aside from all the you know school of hove subliminals <laughs> just like He's not he's not holding back anymore, and that's the Drake that like I feel like I liked on his newest album too. I mean, I think that like for me, um, like stay scheming, right? Like he he had a little bit of the shots, right? I mean, don't me catch a body and stuff like that. And I felt like that was that was not Drake, you know. And I felt like his next record after that, that was that was on that was off what take care. No, that was on. Rich Forever was the joint that had Stay Scheme Oh, yeah, it. yeah. But and Take then, Care, no, no, Take Care came before that, but yeah. right after that was, nothing was the same. Absolutely. And for me, like, that record was, like, like Drake finally, like, for me, reaching the potential, not of just his own ability, but his own cultural self-awareness. Because I think that is what makes Drake, um, like, as iconic as he is now, is that, like, he is always able to like and you were talking about this before he has like a pulse on the culture you know there was like a moment right a couple years ago when there was like you know, lena dunham lena dunham is the voice of this generation right the hell what? That? <laughs> no dude, that was that was a legitimate that was like there was it was on magazines you know she had just had girls and her stuff you know whatever lena dunham who is she speaking for well, I mean, well, I mean, that's that's a deeper question right i mean <laughs> Yeah, that's we, blasphemous. I don't even know. Yeah, but like, <laughs> and disagree with me here, but I feel like Drake genuinely, and it's hard to generalize for an entire generation, but I feel like he's the closest thing the that our generation, which is so segmented and like schizophrenic and like, not that, like ADD, <laughs> um, just like totally like, you know, because of the way the internet works, like he kind of hits on a lot of the cultural touchstones that makes this generation so, um, I don't know, different than past ones. Even more than Kanye. Yeah, I see the thing I think about Kanye is, um, and I'll let you talk about this in a second because I've just been talking for a long time and I said I wouldn't do that, <laughs> is uh, I think Kanye is something like countercultural almost at a certain point. Like I think Drake represents like, he's a better representation of the generation. Whereas I think Kanye is like, he's like pushing. Like he's the one that is like constantly pushing things to happen, push things to change. Whether it changes or not, like for me, I love Jesus. I know a lot of people didn't like Jesus and I could understand why they didn't like Jesus. Um, but I felt like that was like him pushing and like, you know, trying to like change things a little bit. I, I can see what you mean. I do feel like maybe Ye is kind of like laying down a base, but like the person who's really taking it to like the highest potential it can be is really Drake right now. And that's what I was gonna uh, build off the point that a Q made of Drake kind of kind of 
plays with like a chip on his shoulder and i really feel like he's put out like since nothing was the same he's put out material that's so consistent it's like at what point do you start calling someone a genius like when did we start calling kanye a genius and when do we start calling drake a genius like how many more of these does he have to do you know what i'm saying absolutely i just feel like there was definitely a change whether it was from take care to nothing was the same i feel like the permanent change came from take care or i'm sorry from nothing was the same to the newest joint Mm-hmm. Um, there was more just aggression on this new one. Even if you hear from just this, just the overall landscape or soundscape of Drake's albums. Like if you listen to Take Care, it's a lot woozier. Has that you know just that yeah. typical forty sound. And then you even have like it felt kind of like almost like looking back on it, like a little bit like adult contemporary. It was like a lot more R&B and stuff. It felt like a weekend album in my opinion, like a lighter but, Yeah, but like weekend. a lot less like yeah. destructive. <laughs> like, yeah. I just felt I feel like Drake for as great as he is, and I, I'm a big Drake fan, I feel like it's a disservice to Kanye to call Drake a genius right now because I feel like a genius is one that's always pushing the boundaries with every album. No matter like, Kanye gave us the the chipmunk sound with his production and then like everybody bit it and then he just left it and created another one. And he'll do that from album, if you listen to every album. Never let me down type of thing. Yeah, and it's just like, you can have that sound and then you go to, you know, late registration and you know, it's all John Bryan and you know, orchestration you know, live instruments. Then you go to, you know, graduation and it's stadium status music and it's electro. And then 808s, pretty much totally. birth Drake, you know, and the sound that he has now as well as At other artists. It made it easier for him to, to have his Absolutely. Road, you know? So I feel like as much as I love what Drake's doing, um, it's a disservice to what Kanye has done to really call him just like the quintessential genius. Despite what Drake is doing now, because he has all the time in the world, he's 10 years younger than Ye. I think it's two different kinds of genius. I think Kanye, for a long time, artistically was pushing it. And for me, I mean, Kanye is the, I don't know, like one of the most influential people in my life. Like, seriously, like, as far as people that I've been alive for and I've experienced, uh, Barack Obama, Kanye West, like, they're two (laughs) of the top guys that have just in the way they've done things. Drake, on the other hand, like, I was not an like I was not an early adopter of Drake. I know Renato probably remembers. I like didn't really like Drake for a long time. I was a little that's bit behind. That's true. That's true. And like he won me over. He did win me over. And what what it was, it was just like his his ability to just have a like a pulse on what was going on. Like Kanye just does what he does, and he 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 asks people to rise to it. Whereas Drake like makes you realize like you know. What he's talking about is, even though he's like a multi-million dollar guy, like his own insecurities, his own fears, it's like so simple, but it's like, you know, everything that we also like, you know, have, which is tough for like someone that, you know, wealthy and someone that like famous at this point. He really overcame that shit. I mean, he came, he overcame like the Aubrey shit. Like there was like, there was, he came, he overcame like the wackest songs on Take Care. Like he had some really bad songs on yeah. that album. Yeah, he did. Uh, and like he Thinking later too, he Thinking fought through it. Bad in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, like it was just inconsistent. He was inconsistent. He was a mixtape rapper up until that point, and then Take Care, he like matured a little bit, but then like nothing was the same came out, and he was just like, wow, this album is 
good Starbucks. Appropriately yeah. named, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But no, like I, I really, I'm, I'm really proud of Drake. Like he, like I, that idea that I have, like <laughs> I'm crying right now. But the, the, the idea that I shared with you, like I think it, sometimes it's just best to keep your head down and just work. Like, I think um, that's really what Drake mastered. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if Drake had gotten all tight at, like, the big ghost and all that stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, when people were calling him soft, people were doing, like, the emotional thing. People were, like, everything was a Drake meme. Um, but he just kind of, like, he rather than being petty about it or getting on Twitter and just yapping about it, he just focused on the studio. You know what I'm saying? Which, what I think was the change when you were talking about before, I think, is... Um for me, why I think the changes from um, Take Care to Nothing Was the Same was that I think that he finally like fully embraced everything about him. So like he didn't need to be that guy and stay scheming. And to me, what's amazing is like the guy that did back to back, like that is Drake being Drake and still being hard, you know? And th- I don't think he could have done that five years ago, you know? And like that's like just emotional maturity, but also just like just lyrical maturity, you know what I mean? Um, but I want to pull this back for a second because uh, we started off by talking about Meek Mill, but we have like barely talked about that. <laughs> so last like five minutes of this, let's, uh, I mean, you know, we've been talking about this all day and Twitter's been talking about it for, you know, all day. So Memes and Ooh. everything, everything yeah. involved with that is, has been over the top. Yo, Meek Mill just got out of prison, guys, you know, not that long ago. Like he's dating oh, Nicki. Right, right. And then His s- life was going well. He, he had a number one album. a pretty solid yeah, album, you know? Yeah. And then, like, I mean, what, what was he thinking? Man, uh, I, there was just ma- the the best jokes I think towards Meek Mill on online were like the ones that were like the Dave Chappelle skits when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. And it was just like that's that's real. Like sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut, man. Um, I know we we disagree a bit on like whether or not Meek should respond or whether it, he has it in him to do a, an appropriate response. Um. But I, I, I think he just got, he's in a hole that he just can't get himself out of. You gotta uh, say face a little bit. I feel, I feel like you have to say something, you know? Maybe it's beyond the point of, like, repair, but you just can't, like, yeah, you can't just not say anything. And I think that was just his biggest thing. I mean, you, you call a man out for probably the biggest sin that you can in, in hip-hop or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, if you really, I consider, like, not writing your lyrics is one of the biggest ones that you could possibly have. And then he were, Drake gives you a record, and you call it Baby Lotion Soft. Like, what? I mean, <sighs> drop something then if it's Baby Baby Lotion Soft. Drake sets him up because he hits him with that. Um, what is it? Uh, goddamn. Charged up. Trigger. Trigger. Oh, trigger, trigger fingers, fingers turns into Twitter, Twitter fingers. fingers. So like, mm. that's the thing. If Meek didn't say anything, but he didn't do that, right? He went on Twitter. You guys see that joke post that he put where it was just like, yo, like this track coming out and it was just like a video of like some dude laughing. And it's just like, it just seemed he looked like he was scared. It's like, like just put out a track, man, you know? I To me, it felt like it was a publicity stunt after I saw that, which for me makes it feel even worse because it's just like, all right, I'm just using this guy. Like, I know Drake, anything that's Drake related, I know that I can get, like, a response out of. So, like, let me just, like, go at him. Let's see if Drake takes the bait. He did. I may or may say I have a diss record. (laughs) I probably don't. (laughs) But let me, like, just ring this out as long as I possibly can. Maybe that was never the thought process. But, like, looking back on it now, it's just, like, what other reason would you have done this for? Just to, like, keep your name relevant? Like... He wasn't like the but, first week was great, was, 
but like the thing is he was kind of relevant like he's going on tour with Nicki like new album drop like he had like a good amount of like like goodwill amongst rap fans at that moment for him to do that for him to go after the you know what is it I've got Omar right here right <laughs> if you go after the king you best not miss like that's the perfect example and he yeah. missed entirely mm. I feel like um, it's good that for Drake now that he's like swole and that he has a lot of security because Meek Mill just reminds <laughs> Meek Mill just reminds me of that kid from your neighborhood when you were growing up that like can't really read too well and when you start making fun of him he just doesn't know how to respond so he just starts swinging. Oh. So, so, so I feel like like someone's got to keep Meek in check before he just gets violent. Dude, I, I dude, I, I wonder what it's like in the dressing room with Nikki and Meek right now. Because I mean, like obviously Nikki's had. She's the puppet master. I feel like you ever seen Empire? I have not. I've seen it, but I don't. I don't watch it enough. In Empire, there's like there's like this like fake couple, like these two celebrities just date each other just for the image. Is it Terrace Martin's in it? Careers. Yeah. Terrace Martin's in that, or not uh, Terrace, yeah, Terrace Howard, Howard? I'm sorry. Terrace Howard, yeah. Terrace but yeah, and I, 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 that like made me think. I never thought about that. Like it's it's probably in a celebrity's best interest to have a public relationship with another celebrity. Yeah, but it's just. I do feel like their relationship was genuine based on absolutely nothing because <laughs> I don't know shit about relationships and I don't know shit about two people I've never met, but... Right, I'm not as automatically straight yeah. up saying that. I'm just saying that's a, that's something that could be yeah, I mean, uh, it, a thing. It is weird position because Nikki is like on top of the world right now um, as far as like her... I mean, I, mean, I don't want to get into this, yeah, but she's got her, it, her spat with Taylor Swift and all that, mm. like she's got a voice now, you know? And I absolutely. think that's like... I have a huge amount of respect for her and... It's, it's cool though. It's cool that we have that, you know, right now that we have a rapper that's female who's just like, there's, you know, no thought that it's like, oh, she's the best female rapper. It's like, no, nah, she's like one of just the best rappers, just like, you know, musicians out there right now. Absolutely. What I'm cooking in the kitchen, niggas. Bobby Brown, new edition, niggas. What I'm wearing in this blizzard, nigga. Mink leather, always lizard, nigga. St. Laurent, I'm in all layers. The man that came to you ball players. Shout out my Mac 11 monster. Grew up on Nintendo playing Contra. And know that nigga only 5'9. Hundred bodies on his timeline. What's the price of success? Oh, lost my bitch, bought a chef. The 9-11 cost 211. Watch looking like a jeweler's heaven. Hot in seven. I'm so alive. Your bank account Swiss, nigga, so is mine. This is crime by design. If the crown ain't mine, tell me who am I behind? Yeah, I'm taking niggas lunch money. Too bad, I was fucking hungry. Real niggas don't notice you. I'm the only dope boy quotable. So yeah, yesterday, right? I mean, it was yesterday. Right? So, no, was that today? I felt like Cecil was yesterday. I looked at it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. might have been two days ago, but the news hit yesterday. So, yeah. So, I mean, in the last couple of days, uh, Cecil, one of the most famous lions in um, in Africa, I believe, was that Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe was, was killed. Um, and in a way that was, like, abundantly, you know, disgusting and disgraceful. Well, I mean, I think killing animals is almost always Any disgraceful. Form, yeah. but there was like a certain brutality to this and just disrespect and you know no surprise it was an american dentist you know no i have no i have no problems with dentists i actually like my dentist he kind of looks like inspector bad. gadget I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> but no but like what the most 
serious thing is like that was you know obviously a, a terrible thing but what happened and as you know these things happen in, in social media is you have an event happen you have the initial reactions and then you have the backlash and you have the backlash to the backlash and it used that used to be a week i used to be you know two weeks now it's literally within 24 hours you have this cycle you know and we, we've been talking about this a little bit um that there is a certain and this is not just about this anytime something happens where you know there's a big reaction there are people who are like um you know, I can't believe you, you, you feel this way about this. Like, there's people dying over here. You know, this happened and this happened. And it's, I think it's a little disingenuous. And, uh, and I think we agree on this is people can think of multiple things at the same time and be sad and upset about those things. Uh, that's, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, uh, it's, I always took the approach that it's a jealousy thing. I mean, when you talk about music, music is the more fun topic to talk about um rap beef as childish as it is it's more fun to debate about on social media i mean nobody's trying to go on social media and necessarily talk about no politics i mean they're trying to like have fun that's why they're on social media and whether that you know kind of sidetracks the the more important issues or that's what you think it does i mean that's your prerogative but i doubt people are going wow like this Meek Mill thing is so overwhelming and so great that, you know, I forgot about Sandra Bland. Like, this is just like, yeah. I can't, like, not focus on that anymore. Like, it's, I think we're multi-faceted humans and we know how to think we more be. than two things at once. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I it's, mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it shows like a little bit of ignorance to how, like, power, power is really built and how these movements are really built, like, I don't know if you think like when someone is like a community organizer or like if somebody's like fighting for some type of justice, they don't laugh or they just sit around like talking about the struggle all just day. Being like, upset all yeah, the time. like like but real power, real communities, real strength is built like in real relationships and in real people having things in common and talking about it and laughing together and joking together and spending time together and uh, just enjoying things, you know. Um, it's more than just being angry all the time, or just only tweeting about Sandra Bland and only tweeting about uh, like the lion. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that like it, it has to do with perception. You, you always one of the big things, right? Is any in the last two years, anytime um, you know a black person has been shot and killed by the cops, and we've had that sort of reaction, the Black Lives Matter sort of thing picks up which unfortunately seems to happen like every week at this point, there's like a whole t contingent of people who are just like, why don't we talking about black on black crime, right? And like for me, Twitter's, you know, one of my favorite things. Like I feel like I don't know anybody that I talk to, but I feel like I'm in a community there. And I saw a lot of people who are talking about that all the time. And so people are just like, I don't see anybody talking about this. You know, why are people like, just because you're not seeing people talking about it doesn't mean it's happening. You know, maybe you used to go and like embed yourself a little bit more, right? Instead of just sitting back and being like, wah, you know, about everything. And, and maybe that's the thing about social media that's just different. I mean, even if you took it away from, and I, and I don't want to sound, because I feel like kind of the way I, I said it, that I was being, you know, insensitive about the Sandra Bland thing. I'm completely in tune with everything that's going on. Um, I do think that a large congruent of Twitter just focuses on, you know, more fun things they don't really want to talk about it. they see how horrific it is they speak on it and um it's on to the next thing but um with like social media i feel like 
if it's not on social media, people assume that it's not happening, kind of to go off what you're saying. Even if something as childish as, let's say, um, not as childish. Sorry, Ma. But let's say, like, (laughs) if I was wishing my mom a happy birthday, if I didn't tell Twitter... Like, oh, you did happy birthday, that. mom. Did, no, I, did I tell my mom happy birthday? Like, is it? It's one of those things Wait, did where you it's, tell your dad happy birthday. Uh, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it to either yeah. one. Or like engagement yeah. photos. I always think. Oh, I always feel. But I took him to dinner. So did that mean that? Wait, I, were there pictures? Uh, Twitter. It didn't happen. Like yeah. <sighs> see. See. And that's Yo, the you thing. didn't. You didn't meme it. You, you got to meme that. <laughs> yeah. But that's and that's my point. Like, I, it's one of those things that if it didn't happen on Twitter, it didn't happen anywhere. And. I don't really like that approach. Obviously, it's a nonsensical approach um, or just ideal, but that's kind of the world we live in, really, where it's about kind of pleasing social media more than actually living your real life or doing things in your real life. IRL. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I it's strange. It's strange. It's I, different I, times. I kind of want to push back a little bit on something you said though earlier is that, like, I think that. Um, Twitter, what makes Twitter one of the most interesting uh, social media networks, in my opinion, as opposed to Facebook? Well, Facebook, the funny thing about Facebook is if something's happening on Twitter that's hilarious, like, Facebook will get that, like, a month later, <laughs> and they'll be laughing about stuff, and it's like, yo, like, that happened, like, two months ago. But all that aside, I just sound like a pretentious asshole, but... It's the um, truth, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it is. It's very true. Um... All that aside, I mean, I think Twitter uh, was really cool because a lot of people are like, oh, social media is like really bad. But Twitter is one of those places, Twitter and Tumblr as well, where voices that don't get heard in mainstream America, in mainstream spaces, are like a little bit safer. And they're a little bit, um, you know, like like me and Renato, we grew up mostly in like a, you know, very white town. And I just don't remember many opportunities for us I to have. to that white town. You did. Yeah. And, I mean, I did too when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that like when we were in our formative years, like we, there weren't many opportunities yeah. for us to have these kind of conversations that we did have as we got older. And I think, at least for me, um, having these social media, I have begun to talk about more like, you know, things involving race, things involving, you know, gender and learn stuff about like, you know, trans people and Stuff that I would have never known because I would have never seen that in my day-to-day life, you know? And yeah. I've connect, been connected there. But back to what you were saying right now, those same people who are going in and some of the most brilliant people that I like have ever read, also, they're talking about the Meek Mill Drake thing, you know? Because like, you can tweet about that and you can immediately tweet about this. And it's like, there's like a weird disconnect between, I don't know. Did you see like Sean King and then you see like DeRay? Like they put down their picket signs to talk about the, <laughs> yeah, about the Drake see, thing? Yeah, but that's like, like, that's, that's people. real life, like, yeah, you like, know? It's people, man. I mean, like, like, like you said, that this is where we find our community sometimes when we when we feel disconnected from it. Like, if I if I didn't have the internet, if I just had Cheshire, the town that we live in now, I would feel like like America was just not me. Like I was not included in it, and um, nobody feels okay. the same way I do, and nobody's ever been treated the way I have. You know what I mean? Um, but that's where you find the community, and when you find it, that's where you like find people even with the same interests in you with you. Exactly. Or people who are down to just make memes about Meek Mill and shit. Yeah, I mean, memes, man. Memes are just <laughs> such an interesting, like, idea, right? I mean, think about how our the the mode of communication has changed since we've we've grown up, you know. 
uh, like when we were kids, right? You're just talking to people. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe just emailed people. I didn't really do that. But like now, it's like conversations that I have with my friends, with you guys, is. We're you know texting their emojis and then you hit them with a meme then you hit them with you know some random pictures of Northwest I, I mean maybe I'm the only one that does that but <laughs> wow some Susan Sarandon yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the thing is if someone was reading that that didn't have contacts that they would be utter like nonsense but it's like it's cool how that we've taken these pictures and these little emojis like think about the hundred emoji think about the the uh, eggplant emoji and how we have created something out of that. The yeah, think about the praying hands Our emoji. Our namesake. Yeah, yeah, it's actually two it's hands a giving head, each other it's a high five. five. Yeah. <laughs> it's a high five. Nobody uses it as a high five. No, no. I don't. It's weird. But like, it's, wow, I'm kind of like blown away. I didn't really even yeah, think about that. And apparently, the poop emoji is actually a chocolate ice cream. The top of it, chocolate ice cream. Wow, that is foul. But they did not do that right. But, <laughs> but it's crazy though that like we have in in its own way created this other like way of communicating and like people sometimes back to what you were saying about the jealousy is with social media now sometimes things happen they happen so quickly and if you I feel that sometimes I miss something I'm working and I miss it and I'm in suddenly everyone in my timeline is talking about this and I'm like I don't know what's happening. And I feel a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, oh, I kind of want to like, it seems hilarious. They're all making memes. This sounds so funny. And I do think that that for certain people that sort of uh, manifests in like something kind of like bad. I don't know. Bad in the sense like what? Bad in the sense, like going back to, you know, the initial topic is like, oh, I, I'm not involved in this. You know what? Like this is dumb you know what you should be talking about more important things you know yeah like you go down those people's timelines i'm sure they're gonna be talking about dumb things all the time because that's <laughs> twitter like <laughs> yeah um I forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I, I i get it um i just feel like it's a childish thing to like if it if that is the approach that's childish like just like I mean, one of those things, if you really don't know what's going on, try to figure out what it is. I mean, this, that's why social media, just look look it up and then join the conversation. Literally, information is at your Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all ever feel like someone beat you to a tweet in like a, in like a larger topic or conversation? Like today, when I was listening to that, to the Drake Meek Mill diss, I seriously like was picturing in my head that guy yeah. with the afro that smacked the guy and like kept like saying like, chill like stop yeah. stop talking about me and he had to hit him again and then someone tweeted it and it was just like oh man i should have i didn't think about even tweeting it but i'm sure that also gave you like a great sense of like like oh it's sick that someone else completely like, separate from me whatever his experiences in life are he came to that same conclusion about yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely yeah i totally feel that i'm like pissed when i said that like damn it I, I wasn't sure if that was a good tweet but like obviously this is a good tweet <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> I'm just a nigga until I fill my pockets and then I miss the nigga. They follow me while shopping. I feel like making riches. They feel like muddy waters. So tell me what's the difference? So tell me what's the difference? My mama was a Christian. Crit walking on blue waters. Was fading up in Davis. Then walking back to Palmer. A fro like you, we partner. Auntie Angie had them shoppers. So tell me what's the difference? So tell me what's the difference right. I feel like fuck Versace They raping niggas pockets And we don't get acknowledged Just thank me for the profit A profit just like Moses And Moses look like Shaka Zulu my fofo loaded I'm aiming at Nirvana My 
the still ain't brought the chopsticks Should've brought the chopper Uber driver in the cockpit Look like Jeffrey Dahmer But he looking at me crazy When we pull up to the project See this weight is on my shoulders Pray Jehovah lift me up And my pain is never over Pills and potions fix me up I just wanna live it up Can the motherfucker breathe? Life ain't always what it seems, so please just lift me up, 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 lift me up. My recommendation is actually Bodega Bams. I feel like he's real slept on. His his Streetwalk exec mixtape has some really crazy records, and I feel like everyone should look into it. Nice. I don't... I'm gonna give like two recommendations. I mean, breaking now that we're Q, we're pushing we're we're pushing D two back, D S two back. Um, one is definitely that YG joint. Twist your oh, fingers. Yeah. You got to check that out. It's not a record or it's not an album, but it's a song that I feel like kind of flew under the radar because D S two came out around the same time, if not the same day. Um, they substituted, you know. YG's quintessential DJ Mustard sound for Terrace Martin. That's why I mixed it up earlier that in was, the show. That was but G-Funk. Like, that is it was real brilliant. G-Funk. They even got George Clinton on there. Definitely got to check that out. Hmm. Um, and then I'm kind of going to go away from the music. And then uh, definitely got to watch Rick and Morty is on Cartoon Network. <laughs> watch it whenever yeah. you get the chance. It just started up season two. Go back and watch season one five times in a row because it's the best show on television right now, by far, in my opinion. That's a heavy. It would have been True Detective having True Detective, you know, season one. I don't feel uh, like it's one of the best garbage shows. We season should, two is terrible. Should definitely do a second. So Rick and Morty. Is, can I ask what's the difference between True Detective and just like any TV show, like police shows that come out? Like what's so, their? So I mean, the first season is not really about the case. It's about like the two people and the relationship they have with each other and. I don't know some other pretentious shit, but it. I think the acting is really good. They have a director doing all of the show, which rarely ever happens, and he just films it so like gorgeously. Um, season two is. I don't know. Season two is kind of a shit show. It's a banana um, situation. But it's banana only because last episode. Oh, not oh. even a good episode. Yeah, it wasn't oh, even a good orgy. Like you think that this was the centerpiece of the show, and it was just not oh, yeah. that great. But keep going with what you're saying. No, I mean I, I was gonna say. Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and, I mean, I was talking about Rick and Morty, but kind of to touch on True Detective, I think I can never pronounce the, his last name, but the director of the show, the writer of the show. Um, Pizzolatto. Pizzolatto, is that one? Pizzolatto. Yeah, Pizzolatto. Um, Man, we just got to keep Nick you're my guy. <laughs> that was all Drew's fault. It was not my fault. Um, but yeah, the season two, it seemed like right off the bat, when you bring in Colin Farrell, when you bring in Vince goddamn Vaughn, really you, you know, it's just like bringing it all the way down. It seemed like for season two, they're focusing more on, you know, four characters, five main characters, while season one was more about two characters. It's and kinda had, super unfocused. Yeah, it's a lot going on in the season two. There's two episodes two. left, and literally I'm just not entirely sure what the main story of this show is yeah. at this point. But um I'll say one last thing about True Detective and I'll give my uh, my recommendation is that uh, I always find it interesting when someone makes something right off the bat 
when they're a new guy that's like really powerful, really like different and creative in the moment. Um, what tends to happen in that situation is that like, and like successful too, like financially, is that then they're like, they give more free reign to them in the next season. This happened to like Nicholas Raffin after he did Drive, he made uh, Only God Forgive well, I heard that was very it, bad. It was. Nicholas Raffin, Ryan Gosling, you know, same situation, but I think they just like, People think like creativity is like this like unlimited thing that you should just tap into and just be super creative all the time and have no limitations. But actually, limitations are really important. And when people who are very creative don't have limitations, they become really self-indulgent. And I think that's what happened in Trajectory Season Two is that it's become like his innermost like quasi philosophical things coming out. It's, it's it feels Absolutely. like a paper I wrote in college. That I would completely <laughs> disavow now, you know what I mean? But I also think that it's because of McConaughey's character in season uh, one where people just actors. loved it. Better and then he was a fantastic actor and people loved it. So they were just like, I got to kind of go with the same approach with the four like people here in this one. Well, he tried to be different. He tried to like really change it up a lot. Yeah. But I felt this like... become a True Detective podcast now. <laughs> We've decided that this will now become Prayer Hands True Detective. <laughs> It is just like watch that become like what people are asking for. Like the comments are all like, "Y'all oh, need to talk for us." Like, right. like we are not trying to hear this big oh, mill shit. Uh, all right, but like you know, we've been talking a lot, and you guys are probably tired. What's of your us, recommendation? Yes, B? that's what I'm giving. Um, so I saw Amy recently, the documentary on Amy Winehouse, and uh, this year has been a really good year for music documentaries. There was a Montage of Heck, the Cobain documentary that was excellent. Recommend that. There was the Nina Simone documentary on Netflix that I really loved as well. And then I saw the Amy Winehouse uh, documentary, and that like that really killed me. Um, I'm not like an outwardly like emotional person, like as far as like I don't know crying and stuff. But, like I got back to my car, I saw it by myself, and I like almost like broke down. I was just like really I don't know emotionally taken back by what I saw as like the this girl who had a lot of talent, who had a lot of life, a lot of energy, and but wasn't necessarily like prepared for like the cold brutal nature of the world and that she got swallowed up and I think it's an indictment on just I mean obviously it's an indictment on celebrity culture and all you know but also just as like you know there's a lot of like really beautiful people who who don't have the I don't know the chops like they're a little bit too delicate and they just get eaten up and when you see that when you see someone with that much potential it's just so sad but beyond that it was brilliant like I thought that you got a really good sense of her and her like just how like awesome she was and how actually kind of normal she was so i definitely recommend if you guys ever get a chance to see that definitely check that out rest in peace to amy uh if anybody wants to see me do karaoke in my bed like the song in my bed karaoke <laughs> uh come to Northside tavern on any given friday night yeah nice yeah i was just listening to cherry wine today with like non-ridiculous track life also, is good is still a very good album by the way but um yes, agreed underrated I'm curious, in that documentary, did they talk to her boyfriend? Yes. Yeah, so, the, I mean, without saying, without spoiling it, of course. I mean, no, I don't know if there's I mean, like anything. There's no spoilers. I think uh, you know what happened yeah. to Amy. Um, but the guy who directed it um, was an Indian guy, so shout out uh, to Asif Kadavi. I think his name is. I totally screwed up, but um, yeah, he definitely like portrayed it a certain way. Like he definitely had his own feelings about what happened, and it. Put his, her father and her boyfriend in a very, very negative light. But I don't necessarily think that he manipulated anything to do that. 
I think that a lot of it was their own words and their nonchalance about things. You know that song Rehab, I mean, everyone knows that like, if my daddy doesn't think I need to go, like, that I guess actually happened. Yeah, that's they, a real song. There was a moment early on in her career where there was like, we need to, like her old first manager and her best friends from like growing up were like, we need to get her into rehab or else like, we don't know what's gonna happen, you know? And this is before all the fame and stuff. And she was, you know, thinking about doing it, getting ready, and she asked her dad. She's like, if my dad says I don't have to go, like, then I don't, you know, if I don't have a problem. And dad, in the movie, he says, and this is not like old footage, this is him talking, interviewing this, and he's just like, I didn't think there was a problem, I didn't think that she needed to go, and like, there was definitely a problem. Yeah. She was definitely in a bad straits. Which also, the last thing I wanna say about this is for me, um, it definitely made me feel like for friends, that I, you know, that I have, that like I want to be a, a lot more sort of. Sometimes I feel like we just let people do bad things because it's like, oh, they'll they'll be fine, they'll grow out of it. And I want to be a little bit more compassionate, and even if it makes me uncomfortable and puts me in like a combative position with other people, to be like, hey, like I'm I'm worried about you, you know. And I feel like not a group of friends that that doesn't necessarily come as easily to us. Um, but I definitely want to be just around dudes, man. Yeah, the, definitely the around dudes. dudes. Are with each other, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, I mean, that's just go check it out. You, you will not be disappointed. Do you remember cry. Jay did the remix to Rehab? No, but I, I definitely need to hear that. I haven't heard that. I've heard the Go, no, I, Ghostface did. I liked uh, it. Yeah, he did You Know I'm No Good. Yeah, yeah. But like when I, I liked at the time, because I was like 16, 17 when yeah. I heard that remix. But looking back, I'm thinking of like the lines that I thought were hot. He was like, six pairs of kicks were my definition of 12 steps. And it's like, at the time, it seemed really hot. Looking back, it's just kind of like, like six pairs of sneakers, like, <laughs> Tell program. like you're it's like a, a half billionaire, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, last comments, you know, thank you for, for slogging through this. Uh, you know, appreciate all the love. Um, Slogging, that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. Got real deep. Because, you know, I mean, like, you, you obviously, you know, it's really hot in here. Been working all day. Like, I feel like I'm slogging through shit right now, yeah. so. You know, <laughs> going through something. You know, my, so you know, last comments from you guys for Santa. No, thank you guys for listening. Um, hopefully, we'll be a little bit, yo, uh, uh, a little more en- energetic the next time. But yeah. go ahead, Ronaldo. <laughs> no, hell yeah. Um, happy Independence Day to Peru. Mm. Love yeah. you, my people. Shout out. Hi, ma. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I mean, next episode we are gonna have an interview with Sauce Money, uh, ghostwriter. Um, we're a rapper, um, but who also, you know, made a fame through ghostwriting, wrote uh, a lot of good tracks, well, you know what? Oh yeah, Bring It On, off of uh, Reasonable Doubt, at Face Off, um, and then he also did a couple joints with Puffy, probably know them, the main one, I'll Be Missing You. Um, They're right there, by Ching. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, well, like, you know, it was, uh, you know, look forward to that. It's a, it's going to be a great conversation. So, uh, you know, until next week, thanks again for uh, listening to us. And uh, shout out to uh, Rachel Maddow and uh, Kerry Fukunaga. Uh, this is Old Drew signing off. Uh, this is uh, Uncle Nato at Uncle Nato Twitter. Buh, buh, buh. And this is Q, um, and you've been listening to the Praying Hands Emoji Podcast. Um, for those who want to listen, it's um, part of the Commentist Network. Um, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, more of the show, or more about the show, um, at the Praying Hands Emoji Podcast. Um, you can find that at thecommentist.com, as well as other great shows. Um, thank you guys for listening in, and have a good one. Women's yeah. Women's rights. 
Um, Check this out. We're gonna keep us those things in there. I get <laughs> mad zooted. I got this bad thing I recruited. My passion is a movie. I say fuck her cause I screwed her. I stay on my list. I reserve everywhere I go. I'm screwed up. I know my Texas niggas got my back and that's for sure though. Sipping on Instagram like it's tiny rain. We ain't never gone get this black life. I know them boys say they get to the money over there, baby. Trust me, these niggas not like us. I put charisma in my lingo when she fell for me. I gave her realness and that's all she gon' get from me. On the five superstar, I'm straight up out the hood. Then. I just did a dose of Percocets with some strippers. I just did a dose of Percocets with some strippers. You know what would be sick if we just got huge in India? Justin. Oh, man. Justin India. I've never been to India. Dude, the I'll thing is, if we go. got huge in India, we would be rich because there's many billions of people there. <laughs> Not many, true. there's like. Two, but it's more billions in here. Here you go. It, that is more billions. 